Welcome to the Abundant Leap Podcast. I'm your host, Chance Welton. I'm a speaker, consultant, and thought leader here at Abundance.io. In this podcast, you'll discover your strengths, find turnkey business models, and get expert guidance for life's biggest financial moments, where we have trained and consulted over 35,000 entrepreneurs on how to start their first online business, and we've helped existing business owners start their second and third stream of income. You can learn more at Abundance.io, and of course, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at the Abundant Leap Podcast. Welcome back to the Abundance Podcast. I'm here in Salt Lake at The Hive. Thanks to my friend Sam for letting us use the studio. I'm here with Jimmy Rex. We are the they. Um, I'm a fan of your work. You're doing a lot of great impact in the world and leading people. And uh, I'm glad to have you here. Yeah, thanks, man. It's, uh, it's been fun. So I appreciate you having me on. Right on. So uh, let's start kind of from the beginning on your entrepreneurial path. Like what was kind of your first venture? Was it a, was it a home run? Was it a win? Was it a failure? Like what was kind of your intro to entrepreneurship? Yeah. You know, even ever since I was a little kid, I always wanted to do business stuff. And so I mean, I did a lot of weird little things when I was a kid, like I'd buy candy that was on sale at the store and then go sell it door to door and make extra money. And, um, I did, I was the guy selling baseball cards out front of his house and, you know, lemonade stand every other day there. I mean, true entrepreneur stuff. When I was 21, I got home from my Mormon mission. I went on and, um, and I had discovered that people got paid to put up people's Christmas lights. I mean, this was 20 years ago. And so um, nobody was really doing a business yet. And so that was my first business. We made like five grand in like a month. And I thought I was rich. You know, <laughs> yeah. I was, we just would go door to door and uh, knock and see, if, ask priors out to neighborhoods, stuff like that. And I just kind of would gauge how much I thought the people would pay me. And that's what we would get them to, you know, we'd, we'd see if they would go for it. And it was really fun. But. Um, did that. And then obviously Christmas ended. And so I started a door-to-door meat business. So that was when I was 21. I started this door-to-door meat business and I literally just put a big freezer in the back of our trucks and go set door-to-door and uh, did that for a couple of years. And uh, and then I found real estate and that kind of led me into real estate. I mean, the door-to-door thing was, it was crazy. I had so many ups and downs trying to run a business. My partner ended up, we'll be franchised. And then my partner ended up selling all this money. So I ended up getting stuck with this giant $120,000 debt. You know, I was hustling as hard as I could. And I just, I thought people were good and they would, um, you know, nobody was trying to take advantage of you. And this dude did. And he actually took all my money on a drug binge for like three weeks. And so the time I came back, I just shut it down. And it was kind of, um, it was really hard time because, and this was after a couple of years of doing this too. And I really thought, well, I mean, this thing was going and was going to be amazing. But um, I was just, cut my teeth one thing at a time myself. I did a TV show in that time frame too that was fun. But um but when I shut that down, I had all this debt. It was over a hundred grand. And so I got my real estate license. And it was the best gift I ever had though, because I was so motivated to get rid of this debt. I mean, I believed in my world, you know, if you even have a thousand dollars on a credit card debt, no girl's ever gonna want to date you and you're gonna end up, you know, having all these problems. And here I am with more debt than any 10 people I know. And but thankfully, you know, the real estate thing took off and my first four years as an agent, I sold over 60 houses. And wow, that year two, I was one of the two finalists uh, for salesperson of the year on the Salt Lake Board of Realtors. And so I really, I, you know, I did a couple of things really smart. I, I hired like the best coach out there. And then I literally just did every single thing he said. And I knew how to work. I'd been knocking doors 11 hours a day as a missionary, 10 hours a day, uh, you know, when I was doing the meat thing. And so for me, the hard work wasn't going to be an issue. It was just finding something that was the right fit and that uh, real estate, it was 2006, 2007. So it was booming. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, it went, it went pretty crazy. So that was kind of my path. And then I got into the real estate world. That's powerful. I was the same way, like growing up, you know, hard worker, worked on a farm. Like I was like, I know how to work. And just kind of kept running into dead ends with like starting businesses or, or other jobs because I didn't have like a coach. I didn't have a system. I didn't have, like, I was like, I didn't even know coaching was a thing. You know, and the first time I'd experienced it, I was like, well, you're telling me I follow your system. I listen to you and like, just don't question and be teachable and I can be successful. Like, yeah, it's pretty simple. And it can happen in, you know, this amount of time. Great. Like, where was this when I was, when I was younger? And that was kind of like the aha moment for me of, oh shoot, I see to go follow people that are doing what I want to do. And that's how I can get to where I want to go. Yeah. I mean, back then, you know, all you could do was network and try to get in the right circles. And nowadays it's kind of the opposite problem. There's so much noise, right? There's so many people that are trying to teach and coach and tell people what to do and what not to. And, but yeah, back then, I mean, people forget, like, even when I got arrested my first year, I didn't know what I was doing um, until I found that coach. And I mean, I was trying to, I was buying CDs out of the back of the realtor magazine, trying to learn how to do this. You didn't have podcasts and books and YouTube and all these things to teach you. You just had to just kind of wing it. And uh, man, I tried my best, but it was, it was tricky until I got that coach. And then, you know, I mean, real estate is like most things, it's not easy, but it's simple. And what I mean by that is basically there's three things you have to do to be great at real estate is number one, you got to learn what to say. Number two, you got to learn how to say it. And then number three, you just say it all day long. And so that's what I was doing. I mean, I was just all day, just pounding the phones over and over. And that's how I figured it out. It was that in commercial, residential? Residential, yeah. Yeah. And so I, in, my, in my career, between me and my business partner, Tyler, now, I mean, I said my real estate team runs, he kind of runs it. I'm more just a fill of it now, but he, uh, well, we've sold over 7,000 houses now in 18 years. So yeah, I mean, we took it to a huge level, a lot of investors, a lot of uh, you know, just, just one house at a time, man, just cranking. And was that just selling them? Were you flipping them? Was it wholesaling? Um, I never did hair selling and I have a business that flips homes. You know, I started that back when my original flip business was in 2010. Um, but what I do now, uh, you know, is I've been doing this for two and a half years now. I have a business partner and she's full time. So she's running all the flip stuff. I kind of do more of the high level stuff. So like I'm financing the deals and I'm, uh, you know, checking all the comms and helping sell the houses, but she's really the one that's putting a lot of that effort in for design and taking care of the crews and making sure all that's, t- you know, happening. Right on. So for somebody that's new to real estate, hasn't really made any money in it and wants to get into it, especially with this next cycle that we're going through right now, like what advice would you give that person? Yeah. Like as an agent or as an investor? No, as a, like an investor, someone that's trying to make a side income or trying to like, just like crack the code and get into it. Yeah. You know, it's funny because there's not, there's really not any great books on it still. There's some pretty good podcasts and there's some good YouTube channels, but my partner and I, you know, we thought like, what could have, what would have we, what could have we used when we were younger? Like what would have changed the game for us if we would have found this? And what we did is we just put together this basically like a pamphlet. It's like 30, 35 pages. And I literally called it, uh, this booklet would have saved me millions in real estate because it really would have, I made every mistake you can make. And, um, and we just break it down, but there's really a couple of key principles. Number one is, um, you really got to learn what you're doing. Um, so find somebody, you know, there's enough information out there. In fact, this booklet, we actually give it away for free. If anybody wants it, listen, just, just go to jimmyrexfree.com and you just put in your information and you pay for the shipping of it, but it's like five bucks or something, seven bucks or something. And we'll drop the link below too. It should. Yeah. Yeah. But it's really, it's 35 pages. very simple. Like, here's the thing with real estate is sexy with investing in general. People 
try to do things that are super sexy. And this is where they get in trouble, right? I mean, I've made all these mistakes and um, they want to get rich quick. They want to do all these things. But if you just keep, like, take, make it boring, like, you, first off, you got to have a good income. If you're not making at least $250,000 a year, just being honest, you probably should invest all of your extra money back into yourself, into your education, into your coaching, into your skill sets, because you just got to make more money. And then once you're making that much, you know, I just tell people, put 30 to 50% of your income aside. Like the hardest thing for people to do is as you make more money, keep your expenses the same. Yep. And if you could learn that, because what people do is they get a nicer car, bigger house, more vacations, nicer restaurants, um, stupid shoes. And, and that's what they do. And they end up with the same amount of money. But if you can discipline yourself, this is the one thing I did really well that kind of had changed my whole financial trajectory was I would put 30 to 50% of every deal I made into a separate bank. I didn't even have it coming in. Look at it. Couldn't, yeah. I literally didn't have access to it. My real estate partners, I asked my best friends since I was 12 and trust this man more than I trust myself in life. And I put his name on it. I did not have access to it. The only thing I could use it for was to wire money for another investment deal. So every time I'd get another 50, 60, 70 grand in there, we'd buy another house. And, uh, and that's how I really started building my real estate portfolio. That that's kind of the first thing I tell people is make enough money to actually do some damage. Number two is, is put 30 to 50% of your income into a separate bank. And then every time you got enough money for a 20 to 25% down payment, put it down. Cause if you're putting down that much, you're going to get the cash flow. And that's really the key to real estate investing the right way is it got a cash flow. Like right now, the market's been pretty tumultuous the last year. Basically we're about on a full year right now and pretty much to the day. And, uh, and I haven't had a single ounce of stress over my houses because I own over 30 real estate deals, but every single house that I own, I put down at least 25%. So I have plenty of equity. They're cash flowing. I don't have to pay mortgage insurance. And so as long as you just don't have to sell it at the wrong time, I just keep collecting my, uh, cash flow. The principles keep getting paid down. I keep getting these huge tax benefits, cost, um, adjusted and all these different things. And so there's just huge benefits to owning real estate if you don't have to sell it at the wrong time. And so what I learned in 2006 and seven, I had all these real estate investments, but a lot of them didn't cash flow. And so when you're losing a couple hundred bucks a month and you don't have as much money coming in, I had to sell these houses and I had to sell them at the wrong time. You know, they ended up doubling in value over the last 10 years, but I had to sell them when I was upside down and had to end up losing a lot of money on some of them. And so this basically what we've created is just a system. Every single client that we work with, we sit down and we do a strategy session, like completely one-on-one, customized to them. So they know exactly, all right, here's how much money I have. Here's where I'm trying to go in five years, 10 years. And we map it out for them. That's the way I tell people, you know, the problem with real estate, a lot of it is with, especially with real estate investing, is there's a lot of realtors that don't even own their own investment properties. They don't really understand investing. So they just want to get you in a debt. But find an agent, if it's not me, like somebody, like somebody's, you know, our team literally sits down with every single person. And if you do it the right way, you buy the right properties in the right areas, you have cash flow coming in then you never get in a bad spot. And so when I tell people, you said with this market coming in, but I believe this with any market, there's opportunity. You just got to find where it's at, but make sure that you're buying the right thing. And if you do that, it's always a good time to buy real estate. And so when you say cash flowing, are you looking for short-term rentals, long-term rentals, corporate housing? Like what's your ideal person you're trying to get into your homes? Well, I mean, for me, I like to say, okay, what's my worst case scenario with this property and can I live with it? So for example, if you buy something that's, you know, a vacation rental or a corporate rental or something, you want to ask yourself, okay, if for some reason this got shut down or this wouldn't be able to use it for this way, could I still be okay with the outcome of this property? Um, I like short-term rentals. I have one in Moab, uh, Utah. I made $13,000 on it last month, you know? I mean, 
I bought it. I put down 120,000. So you can do the math. I mean, yeah, things a monster. And, and every single week in the, every single day in the spring and the fall, basically rent it out. But, um, so they can be amazing. I got a couple in St. George that I'm buying right now that I just put up. Um, and so I do like the vacation rentals. Most of my properties are single family rentals. Uh, I just, I like stuff that's consistent. I buy, we have a formula. We buy stuff that's within seven minutes of a freeway, 15 years or newer, has a garage, has a yard, has at least three bedrooms. If you do that, like those things right there, there's such a giant pool of renters that you'll never go more than a week or two without finding someone. And so that's kind of the criteria we try to get most of our investors to, to buy in. Powerful because yeah, then you have options, right? Like you said, worst case scenario, I can still get a family in here. Exactly. Yeah. You want to. With those short-term renters or wheels, a lot of people get, you know, they see the numbers I just threw out with Moab and they're like, oh, I want to do that with it. But they, all of a sudden they can't rent a vacation red air or the HOA cracks down on it or something like that. You're stuck in a, in a pretty bad place. And so you just want to factor that all in. For sure. You have cities like Vegas that just like kibosh Airbnb. And I had a friend that had 20 houses that were Airbnb, bachelorette, bachelor parties that were, he was just raking it in. And it was like, no, no mas. And yeah. he didn't understand because he bought these very luxurious properties and you know had had some issues so that makes yeah we just make sure that you know a i would never buy one that didn't have the zoning set up for it yeah because you will get shut down um but even if you do you just got to make sure like if something were to change or the market change or maybe airbnb something changed you know you want to make sure you're protected gotcha there's a lot of people now talking about because like 52 percent of the homes are owned like outright so are you doing any creative financing with the owners and trying to have them be the banks so and get better rates right now? Like what's, what are your thoughts on? Yeah. I mean, I'm good friends with Pace Morby. He's kind of the king of this thing. Yeah. Cody Spurber, we're part of a group called the Avengers. It's a mastermind that we do every three months. And I'm one of the main instructors with them. And so like, we're talking about this stuff all the time. And, um, I mean, that's their world, right? That, yeah. I mean, I think Pace picked up over 400 properties last year alone doing this. Um, I've done it a couple of times, uh, bringing partners of different things like that, you know, uh, it's not my focus right now. My focus is my men's group. I mean, I'm putting 95% of my energy on that. And so, um, I probably, to be honest, I probably need to double down a little bit more of my efforts on that. I know exactly what to do and how to do it. Um, it's just, I've been having so much fun doing this other thing that I've kind of omitted that for now. And what's been your why and your push to creating your men's group and creating that brand? Yeah, I mean, it kind of started like four four years ago, um, three and a half years ago. So long story short, there was this real estate agent, a guy named Dave. Uh, he was a great agent, had seven kids, and he, he, he used the same system I did. We both were taught by this guy named Mike Ferry, who just taught you how to grind the phones and for said by owners. And so we would run into each other a lot. And uh, he ended up getting shot and killed it, going to get this rent check from a fourplex he owned here in Utah. Holy and smoke. all the stories in the paper... And it said was like, rents are shot, rents are killed, rents are rents are. And I remember like at the time thinking to myself, man, if I die tomorrow and, you know, even though I was like the number one agent in the county for a decade and all these different things, like if I died tomorrow and all I was known as is a renter, like that would kind of suck. I, and nothing wrong with being a renter, but at the end of the day, I'm so much more than that. Mm-hmm. And at that same time, I was doing a meditation. I had this huge epiphany, like, Jimmy, you need to do something more meaningful. You need to do something that has more impact on the world. So I started playing with that idea. And, you know, sort of leaning into that concept at the same time I'd been building up my uh, Instagram, I knew that was going to be a huge thing to, you know, to coming up the influencer world to be able to get, you know, speaking and books and, um, just opportunity to sell through your Instagram. Like I knew even as a realtor, I, you know, it was going to be a huge benefit to just have a big, um, audience on that platform. And so I really was pushing hard on my Instagram. I had a book come out 
And the book is called You End Up Where You're Heading, The Hidden Dangers of Living a Safe Life. And part of that book, it's, uh, you know, it's all about the hero's journey and, and not playing it safe. And it kind of hit me. I'm like, geez, I've kind of been playing it safe. Like this is just, I was making seven, you know, multiple seven figures a year selling houses. And at that time, so three and a half years ago, actually it's almost four years, in August of four years, I sold the most expensive house ever in Utah. And it was $32.5 million. Wow. I mean, I'm, you know, almost made a seven-figure check in like 20 minutes of work. I was at the peak of my career, number one agent in Utah. And uh, I just said to myself, okay, I'm, I think I'm done with this. I need to do something else. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because you put all the work in to get to that point. It's really, it's all pretty easy from there. But I just knew I needed to do something else. So I started leaning into it. I started listening to what people were reaching out to me about on Instagram. And it was the same two questions that kept coming up. Like number one was, because I have a really tight group of friends, a lot of really close friends. And we do amazing things together. We go, you know, work at orphanages in Haiti. We'd go undercover with Operation Underground Railroad. And we did uh, just amazing events and trips and things together all the time. And so people that say, where do I find a group of friends like you have? It looks like you have like the most amazing group of friends. And then the second one is it says, like, I'm kind of feel like I'm stuck in life. Don't know where to go. Um, how do I get out of this place? And so I was like, because I started thinking about what to do next. I was like, man, I could help people with those two things. I really know exactly how to help people, um, you know, with that. Mm -hmm. And so I decided, I said, you know what? I'm just going to make it a, a men's group. That'll be perfect. I'll teach people how to connect on a deeper level. And so I kind of leaned into my strengths. Um, I had a lot of imposter syndrome. I'm like when I thought about coaching, like who am I to tell people how to live, you know, and I do plenty of things wrong. And, um, but when I realized it was going to be a group to help men connect at a deep level, I knew I was all in because I'm like, oh, I am the right person for that. I know exactly how to do that. So I just took, I mean, for the last 15 years, I've been on this journey of self-development. I've gone to every mastermind, all the coaches, all the trainings, all the books you can read. Like I've read 500 books. I've, you know, really invested. I mean, I've invested almost a million dollars, over $900,000 into my own self-development. I just took the best of everything I've learned and I started this program. And, you know, when I first launched it, I was pretty nervous because I knew it was like what I wanted to do. I knew it just spoke to my soul. It was like, I know how to do this. Like, what's the value of getting a group of strong men that are doing the same things as you to like work together to become a better version of yourselves? I know it's really high, right? And so I said, if I can just establish that, um, I think we'll have something special here. And so I really leaned into that part of the program. And it's funny, when I opened the program, I had 50 spots that this group to fill. And, uh, I gave myself a month to sell it. I knew if I got on the phones and tried to pitch all my friends or whatever. And within eight hours of opening it, I had, I had 147 people apply for the 50 spots. Wow. I knew I'd touched a nerve, you know, yeah. men are so anxiously looking for community. There's even the men that are in relationships that are married, that are, have friends, they all feel alone in some regard. And so we really tapped into is helping men to be, uh, the three pillars of my program are vulnerable, authentic, and in integrity. If you can get those sort of things, because what happens if you're not being vulnerable and authentic, then, you know, you don't trust the love you're getting because people like, even when they celebrate you or they come and they, they want to, you know, pour into you, you think to yourself, if they knew who I really was, you know, then they wouldn't be celebrating me. And we all have shit that we've done or whatever else, but we all have so many things that we've gone through together. And so I really help the guys see that they're not the only ones going through these things. They're not the only ones that have ever had suicidal thoughts. They're not the only ones that have ever had a heartbreak or been cheated on or cheated on somebody or whatever that looks like. And then the third player being into an integrity. Because again, once you've really, the people in your life that need to know, like usually a wife or girlfriend or whoever that is, once you've really shown them, hey, this is me, um, I'm not perfect, this is what I've done, and then they still love you, 
then you can trust it. And you go, oh, wow, I'm actually just enough. I'm lovable. And that, at that point, the men, they just go to another level. And so that's really what we've kept that focus on is those three pillars and just leaning into that, you know, so we do a lot of high adventure stuff to push past that point of comfortability. And we do a lot of breath work and meditation and getting into the heart space. And so that's how the group kind of came about and with kind of a, the base of the whole thing. So powerful, man. And I can just feel how passionate you are about it. Yeah, man. When, when, we, when we switched the conversation yeah. to that, dude, you just freaking lit up like a Christmas tree. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> how much time do we got to tell you about rest and say, No, it's funny because I love rest day, man. It really is the reason I'm able to do anything else that I've, I've done. Um, I'm so grateful for it. But it was, you know, it was, it's anything that I'm teaching these guys. It's like, I got to a point where I could have comfortably, I would have made three to $5 million a year for the rest of my life working 35 hours a week, 100%, like without even blinking. Um, but I wasn't turned on by it anymore. I wasn't challenged anymore. I wasn't, you know, doing, ultimately using all my gifts the best way I could. I mean, now, I mean, just this last week, I had a guy get up. We had a big event, one of our events with 50 guys there. And the guy gets up. And uh, what do we do is the third weekend is curated to create a safe container. And we have share times where guys get up and they end up sharing things, right? And we've done breath work and some guys have, you know, got really vulnerable about stuff. And we, we had these military guys come in and they do these, um, like a POW camp and they really break the guys down for a day and like they're basically torturing them for hours and stuff. And, um, but what it does is it really allows this container to get set where everybody's working together and having these really cool experiences and breakthroughs. And so they get a chance to share their breakthroughs, you know, their takeaways, their aha moments or whatever you call them. One of the dudes got amp and he starts, this is just last Saturday, and he starts mumbling and he says, uh, he starts crying. He says, I've never, these words have never come out of my mouth. And, uh, he says, when I was little, I got sexually molested and, you know, I got sexually assaulted and he's like, he's just crying. And he's like, I now, you know, I, the fact that I'm even talking about this, like I can start healing. I'm going to tell my wife tomorrow. Um, and then 50 dudes just surround this dude and just hugging him and loving him. Half the group is crying. And then he's giving every single person an a hug and you're sitting there and it's like, you know, it's those moments. And I've had like 50 of these moments, man. Like I had a guy, you know, said he had a gun to his head the day before this was last fall. And he said that, you know, he, when he was younger, five years, six years ago, he said he had, his girlfriend got pregnant and, um, he talked her into getting an abortion and kind of gaslit her to think it was her fault. And he said, he's never forgiven himself or he ended up staying with her. And they had three more kids now married and everything. But, and, uh, we did this really special ceremony and breath work where he was able to essentially forgive himself and talk to his son that's, you know, like that, that was a bird and, and he gets him from the group. And he's like, I literally had a gun to my head last night. I've, I've been suicidal for five years because I can't live with this, what I've done. And he said, I finally feel like I can let this go. He's just bawling. And I thought it was bawling. And the same thing, we all just give him this shower and with this love. And instead of judging these things that they've done or that happened to them, right? Like we just love them. And I, I telling you, I've had so many of these moments and each one, it's like this little perfect moment in time where it's, you know, I can judge everything I've ever done in my life, all the bullshit, all the stupid things I've done, all the dumb things I've said, all the mistakes I've made, but ultimately it all led to this and to have these experiences and be in the room when these things are happening. Um, it's life-changing and every one of them, I just like want to take a little snapshot. So I remember it's like, these are these perfect moments in time. It just validates everything I've done, like all the decisions, the good, the bad, it led to these perfect little moments. And so, you know, I, I think my path is guided. I know it is. And we've had just miracle after miracle kind of happen for us. But to be in the room and at every time we get together, these things are happening. It's so amazing. And so 
that's what it's about. And that's why it's so fun and why I get so lit up because, you know, that's what it's all. I mean, even just two days ago, I got a text from one of my guys, hit a birthday party and his wife surprised him. It was a surprise party. 20 other guys and their families showed up at his house. He's like, dude, I didn't have a single friend a year ago. And now I got 20 guys. He goes, I literally have 50 best friends. He got 20 people. We spent this time together and like, you know, we're building community and love and all these things. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's easy to get passionate about. I can, I can <laughs> ramble sometimes. Well, man, thank you so much for sharing that because, you know, men growing up, ego is always just like, so keeps us so limited mm-hmm. and like, oh, I don't need to cry. I don't need community. I don't want to ever show my weakness, which actually in turn keeps us weak. Right. And everyone's always out to get you and you always got to watch your back. It's just like, that's just kind of the the programming that we grow up around and it keeps us limited in so many ways. I wonder like, oh, why can't I be loved? Why can't I fully be in love? And like, I was going through that with my partner for a long time where she's like, you won't fully let me love you. So like, you're only, you only let me get me so close. And I was like, oh, whatever. You're just being a woman. Like you're so emotional, whatever. And I was ignoring it again, ego showing up. And my father took his own life in 2010. And so I didn't ever want to go through that pain again. So I let people get just close enough and then we keep them at a distance. But I realized I was doing that with all my relationships and my business wasn't growing. My friendships weren't deepening. And I just kind of felt like this emptiness because I wasn't allowing myself to go through and do the work and create a safe space and really have those people around me to allow me to do that. So, man, I, I just commend you on what you're doing because it's so powerful. And this conversation needs to be spread where men know it's like, hey, it's okay to communicate and be a softy and be vulnerable and like operate from integrity. And you don't have to take, take, take. The more you give, it actually like flips the script. And uh, it's it's so powerful. Um, and, you know, because a lot of the leaders or the people that we look up to are a lot of times the people that have like, the biggest TV shows and they're on the movies and they're in the, the music videos, but like, they're not living a full life as this fictitious, like very, you know, showy ego thing that a lot of these guys are so empty inside, but like, that's what we're all aspiring to be. Like you said, with the cars and the houses and the music and the girls and all this. And it's like, that's not what it's about at all. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, everybody's chasing emotions, right? We're trying to, and if you don't do the work, um, you're going to try to keep filling these holes in your soul or in your uh your heart that just you can't you can't get enough fame you can't get enough girls you can't get enough money to fill that and so doing the real work um i think that is the the power like you said and yeah that's for me you know this is more than a group it's a movement to me and um somebody asked the other day they said dude you need to you need to like make sure that people aren't copying you you have so many people are going to try to copy what you're doing i said you know what i hope they do you know i mean if we can split if they're truly doing it the way i'm doing it it can just help the, the, the so many people and I can't reach everybody. I'm not everybody's bag of tea. And so, um, as long as, you know, people are doing it from the right heart space, it, you know, there's so much space. There's so many men, I mean, millions literally that need this. And so, you know, we're barely tapping into just a little bit of that. Yeah, definitely. Because people operate at different frequencies and that attract different people in, and like mm-hmm. you said, a different cup of tea. And, you know, the more that we can just impact somebody else's life, whether they join your group or follow you or pay for whatever, it's like, no, the fact that like, maybe you just like struck a chord to make them think differently about something. It's like the work is still, you know, having this giant ripple effect and that's really why you do it. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. Powerful, man. Um, so let's talk more about, you know, when you talk about transformation and, and some of these things that you've taught people to really kind of help them have that aha moment. I know breath work is a really powerful thing. I practice breath work every day. What breath work 
do you do to help people kind of like, because once they get more oxygen, the brain starts, you know, firing at a higher cylinder. They're able to be a lot more open. Like I had an emotion, a huge emotional release the first time I actually did breath work kind of through Wim Hof and some other practices. Like what do you teach people? Yeah, really, like, I'll give you an example. So one of the things I do with the men when they come into the group um, at one of my events is I have all 50 guys get in a circle, right? And I kind of, I truly believe that I'm like more of an alchemist. Like my job is to try to take all these pieces and throw them together into a pot and let the magic happen. But it's the pieces that really matter. So A, um, truly finding the right people, attracting the right people that really are in the right space to, to heal and to do these things. But then um, creating a safe container, I do that by being vulnerable myself. I share parts of my own story that aren't very pretty or insecurities and worries that I have in life and things like that. But then we do this exercise where I get all 50 men in a circle and uh, I have a list of about 30 questions that I ask them. And if the question uh, applies to you, I have you take two steps into the circle. And so I start out with a question where I'll say something like, you know, if you were, uh, if you only had one parent at home and you were a kid, step in the circle. If your parents divorced when you were a kid or something like that. And then I'll say, you know, if you ever had a sibling die, step in the circle. Um, and we start getting more and more vulnerable as we kind of get these questions right. And that's where um, what happens by the time where, you know, like if you've ever had a problem with porn, step in the circle. Or if you've ever, you know, like I said earlier, like if you've ever been cheated on, if you've ever cheated on your spouse, if there's something you need to go home and talk to your wife or girlfriend about right now to get back into integrity, step in the circle. Uh, I ask the question, if you feel alone often, please step in the circle. And, right? Keep asking all these different questions. And, uh, and what happens, everybody ends up in tears because you're as seeing that you're not allowed. Mm -hmm. And that this person to you, right, that you're judging, Three hours earlier at the barbecue, right? Yeah. All of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, like I had no idea. You know, like this guy has stage four cancer. Like what the heck? And this guy, you know, was molested as a kid. And this guy, um, you know, his wife cheated on him or whatever. And you're like, just whatever it is. And a lot of times it's, you know, um, you just kind of see like there's always one or two people for each of these questions. And, and all of a sudden you're just like, oh my gosh, you know, and, and you just have pure empathy and love for these people. And you're connecting on a deeper level. And all of a sudden the conversations go from, talking about your cars or your trips or your whatever to all of a sudden like real stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I set that container, I give a chance for people to share and really try to break that open. And then after that first time they all get together, you know, we do a couple of things to help let them up and stuff. And I'll do an exercise where, you know, I either have them jump off this big cliff, the web swing that I got kind of famous for doing with my group, um, or we, you know, went and swam with tiger sharks. Um, I'm taking 70 guys to run with the bulls in Spain. Uh, in July, like we'll do these different things, but you know, I have them leave behind whatever disempowering thought, bad relationship or negative emotion they want to get rid of. And then a new empowering story will tell. And so we kind of help them build that and build a vision for what they want their life to look like going forward. And so once you kind of go in and you are able to put your defenses down and scrape through some of the things from the past, then everything is forward thinking and building and, and helping them build that future. And so I think that's kind of one of the most powerful things we do. Um, a lot of times we mix that in with, so like when we did breath work, I mean, it's going to give you the information you need. So like, you know, last time I did breath work, it was the two times ago, it was all about like, you know, my wound from my childhood with my mom, you know, and just things I've never even knew before. It's like, I think with breath work, when you get out of your mind, it makes you be in your body. So you get the information that you need, right? And as last time I did it, I, it was about my first girlfriend and these things that I never considered and how it shows up in my life today. And I'm just bawling, like thinking about these things. And, um, you know, it was a real beautiful moment. That was the last two times I did breath work. So you never know it's going to pop up. Yeah. But what it does is it helps you get to that place where you're out of your head 
and in your body and said, um, we'll do a share afterwards. Like, so one of the last times we did it after the breath work, before we shared, I had everybody stand up, you know, got some music playing and every single guy has to stare at the other guy for five seconds and just stare at their eyes and then they give each other a hug. And we do this with every person in the room. So take, you know, 45 minutes, whatever it takes, but like all 50 guys end up hugging all other 50 guys and having this moment where you're connecting and uh, all of a sudden, man, everybody's a human. Everybody's been humanized. Everybody's worth getting to know. Everybody's lovable and worth loving and enough. And, and then you get up and you share and just that's where you have these crazy breakthroughs that people want to have. Wild. I love how you've taken so many of these different elements to help people get into their higher self where it's like they don't even know what's happening. But like, I'm just going to. Like you said you're an alchemist, and it's yeah, like, I just I mean, and that's the kind of people are like, well, how are you even qualified to do this? And it's like I'm not, but I'm just doing it. But the truth is, is I've literally got every single thing you can do. I've put so much time and attention in. I, none of this is new. I've to kind of put my own twist in a lot of it, but it's got my personality out of it, I guess you could say. But most of these ideas I took from somewhere else. Like I just found somebody that was doing something that changed my life. I was like, oh my gosh, like that's beautiful. And I put my own spin on it, and then I bring it to the men and. So that's why, you know, a lot of times what's funny is, um, cause some people would be like, one person was like, yeah, I saw somebody posted about my group and it's really changed his life. And this other person was like, what are you going to learn from a 31 year old bachelor that's like, you know, just been a party dude for 10 years. Cause I threw out a party. He's in my twenties and thirties, you know? And, uh, and he goes, well, one thing I can tell you about Jimmy is he doesn't pretend to do anything he doesn't know. Like he brings in an expert for every single thing we study. Cause but Phil is the one thing I've been able to do really well is my network. And so, you know, like I last get together, um, I brought in Dan Fleischman to talk about marketing. We're one of the best in the world. I brought in, um, uh, Steve Rutherford to talk about his connection to God and Jesus. And this is one of a dude that's usually speaks in front of thousands of people, you know, and I brought in Kent Clavier and, um, you know, a couple of different people like that. Cole, um, you know, and, and, and uh, all these different buddies of mine that just have all these amazing things they've done. And they speak into my guys and they tell their stories. And so I'm able to do my part, but I really, the magic of it is like all these people see what I'm doing for the men. They see that it's working and they want to join it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so they come in and, you know, they help me do this. So for example, uh, my event in next February, I do an annual event every February. This year, my keynote speaker was Irwin McManus. He's the author of Ray the Warrior and the, the Genius of Jesus. And he and I are close friends now. And this dude is, he's the biggest pastor in California, one of the biggest in the world. And this guy usually, you know, would get six figures to come speak. And he, I invited him to be my keynote and he loves what I'm doing. So he says, I'll come do it under one condition. You can't pay me, but you have to go to dinner with me the night before. I mean, that's the kind of things that are happening, right? Like Ed Milet is my one-on-one coach this year. I hired him back in December. So he coaches me one-on-one and uh, he's my keynote speaker for next February and he's going to be doing it. And so like any of the guys in the group get to come to that event for free, right? And so it's like, and these different things that are just happening. And, uh, it's, you know, like I said, that's why I know it's guided because too many things just keep falling in my lap, keep falling into place for me. That's when you know you're doing the right thing, you know, where it's things are happening for you, not to you. They're not in the way they're on the way. Right. It's just like when you start speaking about what you're truly passionate about, right. Being heart centered, all of a sudden the right people get in the right room, the right things start to show up. And it, for anybody listening in, it feels like you kind of just keep hitting up against the wall. It's like, you're probably lo- knocking on the wrong doors. Like if you're getting friction, it's like the universe, God, spirit. Yeah. That's what telling you like, this ain't right. That's what kind of has to have a dress. So it was like, okay, this was fine. 
but my soul was, it knew I needed something different. And you know, the crazy is like, if I never set this thing up, I mean, we would have never even known what we didn't know. I mean, there's literally hundreds of friendships now, best friends, because so many guys are meeting so many other guys within my group and so many people's lives have been changed. Their kids' lives have been changed, right? Like I designed this program to be what my dad needed when I was a kid. Like he didn't have a place to go and talk about his feelings and talk about what was really going on and talk processes, dad dying when he was a kid and all this stuff, you know? And if he would have had a thing like this, it would have changed everything. And God bless him. He tried to go to every therapy in town, but he just, most of them weren't qualified to really be able to open this space for him. And so for me, knowing that we've created this thing, we're only 18 months in, man. And it's already like just blowing up because, um, but you know, for me, that's the cool thing is like, I would have never known what this was going to be if I hadn't done it. Nobody would have missed it. It would have just wouldn't have existed. But like, what a cruel thing. Like if I died tomorrow, you know, these relationships and these friendships would last forever. Like it's already um, changed the trajectory of so many people's lives. And I think that's the, the real magic. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yesterday I was, uh, had a, a session with Dr. Alok Trivedi. He's a, uh, the rewire doctor. Really cool. I don't know if you know him, but I'm going to connect you guys. Cause he would be powerful for your group to do some really cool stuff. Cool. And so my father took his own life in 2010 and, you know, we do this whole like reframing, rewiring of like, what are all these things that your dad did for you? And it's like, mm. he hugged me. Okay. He's like, well, how many people since your father have hugged you? And so I start listing off all these people and he colors in this huge, you know, square that's now bigger than the little hugged from one person. And like all these different things that my father did to me, he's like, now would you say that you would get an equal to or greater amount of hugs from the people that love you in your life now? It's like, absolutely. It's like, do you actually miss your dad hugging you? And it's like, no, actually I don't. So it's like this process of like your father lives on in much bigger ways because what you got where you connected with him, people are still giving you that gift. But for me with trauma, I was not allowing people to hug me. I was not allowing these things because it reminded me of the connection I had with my dad, which was keeping me limited in so many other aspects of my life. So it's like, as they started going through this process of like, he also encouraged you. Well, who else has encouraged you? It's like, oh, my wife, my mentor, my business partner, my friends. I was like, well, all these people now outweigh the amount of encouragement you're getting. Now do you still miss that encouragement that you're not getting from your father and you're not able to handle it now when other people are trying to encourage you? So this really powerful process that I just did yesterday all day. So I'm still kind of integrating it, but I, I just felt like a thousand pounds lighter afterwards because I was finally okay with the process of reframing my father. What I thought abandoned and quit on me was actually a blessing because he was sick and he was ill. And since he did that, allowed me to go out and do the things that I needed to do in the world. Cause I would have stuck by inside sure. and took care of him. Yeah. And so I was like, oh my gosh, now I feel like energized by that experience instead of still like holding on to this pain from it. And he's like, you're, you're talking about abundance being like, you want to help you, but it's really you giving what you knew that your dad needed to have abundance and mental health, physical relationship wise. Like you're talking about community. I'm like, that's what my dad needed. He needed a group of people that he could, would actually listen to him instead of just trying to like give them their programming and download what they thought they needed the, or that he needed to do. Right. So man, I just resonate with like everything that, that you're saying, bro. It's, it's incredible. Well, thanks man. Yeah. I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm just trying to take all the things that changed my life and helped me and throwing them into this program. So powerful. Yeah. So moving forward, like how, how can people find you? How can we support you? Yeah, I mean, you know, the group's open. I'd love to have any guys, if this is resonating, you're like, man, I want to be a part of this community. I want to, I want to be around this. 
Um, it's wattmovement.com. So W-A-T-T, which stands for We Are The They. Um, or you can just go to my Instagram, Mr. Jimmy Rex, and I'm always posting on my story. We're posting. It's in my link to sign up um, on my bio. I would love to have you join, you know. And, um, yeah, I think anybody that I'm with, I would, just to give you an idea, our first group had 50 guys. Renewers came up after a year, and 48 dudes stood in. And then group two, we had 61 guys in the group. When renewals came up, 60 guys stayed in. And so, you know, group three just launched and all that. But And we haven't lost anyone, obviously, but it just launched a few months ago. But my point is, is like, it works. Uh, you know, the power of that to me was the biggest testament. Like when people hear those numbers, they're like, that's not even real. But um, it really, uh, this is change, you know, it's real effect and real change and it works. And so if this is calling you, sign up, give us a look. But you also said that you're doing a... Um, group for women and kids as well. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thankfully, again, I have really smart people around me. My life coach, Melissa, she was a Tony Robbins coach for 22 years and my coach for eight years. And, and you know, as I launched this and it was taken off and the men were just having these huge breakthroughs, she said, what are you doing for the wives and girlfriends? I was like, well, nothing. It's a men group. And she's like, you can't do that. They're going to grow apart. I was like, well, I don't really know how to coach women. I coach men, you know? And she's like, well, you need to figure this out. And I started looking and I kept thinking about these people that could maybe do it. And ultimately I was like, wait, it's her. And so long story short, I brought her in. She, we watched this, um, 10 months ago. Um, the women's group is, it's actually a free add on for the wives and girlfriends. And so if your man is in the group, you get to join for free. If not, it's two ninety nine a month, but we have a women's group now. I got over 150 women in that now. And, uh, and they're loving it. She's incredible. Just a wizard of a human being. And then we decided to launch like a, a thing for kids. One of the things I was working with Ed, with my coach, Ed Milet, he said, hey, nobody's doing anything for the kids. Um, why don't you do something? He said, look, it's hard because um, it's hard to get them to pay. It's, it's more of a give, you know, like a service type thing. But I was like, well, I'll lean into that. And so I've been working now for a few months. We got the next gen program, which is what that is for 13 to 17 year old bros. And uh, we got about 30 in this first group. And we're launching that. Our first event is June 7th. And so we're really diving into basically what that program is i want to create something that i wish i had when i was that age that teaches you all the real life stuff you know what does it really look like to or learn how to invest in real estate learn how to deal with money learn how to be able to build strong community and network with friends like how, how do you actually talk to girls and be able to respect them and honor them and, and date from a place of um abundance instead of scarcity and all these things that these kids have no idea and so we uh we got that program and it's a one year program and yeah like I said we're launching that uh, our first event here in about a month. Very cool. And so is it kids coming in from the men's and women's group or the a lot of it is yeah. kids from the guys in the group. Yeah, there's some outside of it. Um, you know, there's a couple kids signed up from Michigan that are flying in for it. A couple from I mean all over the country, but um, but a lot of them. I mean, most of them have some connection to me or the group. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I mean I agree that I have a year and a half year old son, so I'm a new father and. You know, I was like, where are all the things that we're experiencing as adults that we didn't have as kids? Because like I was saying, like, no one's doing things for the kids. Yeah. Like, if we can start there when they're 12, 13, 14, it's like, man, by the time they're our age, it's like, they're going to become these like very intelligent, integrity-based people. It's yeah. like, that's how you really change the world. It's like, now we have to do so much work to get back to that childlike state. Let's start there. Exactly right. And we're teaching them, you know, we're teaching them breath work and meditation and we're teaching them. Uh, again, like community and how to, you know, really be a good friend and all those things and just trying to help them avoid a lot of the pitfalls that we had. And it kind of puts a lot of purpose to the pain, right, of just figuring it out on our own. And so it's going to be pretty powerful. Yeah. 
That's think, amazing. Yeah, I think once we launch and people see just how incredible it is, I think uh, there's going to be a huge uh, desire for people to sign up. That's huge. Yeah, I do my breath work every morning, and my son's a year and a half, and now he starts doing it. He'll go. <laughs> I mean, he's already getting it. Yeah. So, well, cool, man. So, again, uh, what was the name of the website? And yeah, movement.com is the website, W A T T movement.com, or just my Instagram, Mr. Jimmy Rex. And I have the link right there in my bio, but uh, that's the best way to follow me. And yeah, if you, again, if this resonated, come join us. Right on, Jimmy. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was an honor to have you here on the podcast. We'll drop the link below so you guys can get more information there and we'll see you on the next episode. Awesome. Thanks for having me, man. Right on, brother.